Hello and welcome to Talking Tourism, the podcast series especially for tourism operators and industry professionals. I'm Tom Wooten and I'll be your host for today's episode. Talking Tourism is an initiative of Tourism Industry Council Tasmania, or TICT, which is the peak industry body for the tourism industry in the beautiful state of Tasmania. If you are a regular listener to Talking Tourism, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener and enjoy today's episode, remember, there are now over 130 Talking Tourism conversations available from wherever you access your podcasts, or you can simply stream them on the TICT website at tict.com.au. We're recording this podcast today on the lands of the Palawa and Pakana, and TICT offers its respect to the Tasmanian Aboriginal people and their elders, past and present, for their enduring care and management of these islands. Today's episode is brought to you by our partner, the Department of State Growth. The Department of State Growth brings together four interrelated divisions developing a strategic approach that drives economic growth and supports the community, industry and businesses in the creation of jobs and opportunities for Tasmanians. Thanks to the Department of State Growth for their generous support of TICT and for helping make this episode of Talking Tourism possible. Today's episode is being recorded at the annual Tasmanian Tourism Conference here in Launceston. We typically record a few podcasts during the conference to speak with some of the presenters and workshop facilitators from the program. So joining us for this episode is one of today's conference workshop facilitators, Talora Denman-Francis, who is the Managing Marketing Consultant at King Thing Marketing. Welcome, Talora. Thank you for having me. Talora graduated with a Bachelor of Business in Marketing and Human Resource Management at UTAS in 2015 and as an avid lifelong learner, thrives on learning new things in the world of marketing that she can utilise for her clients and for the King Thing team. In fact, in her role as Managing Marketing Consultant, she helps to guide new recruits at King Thing. Passionate about the tourism industry, Talora joined the board of the Launceston Tamer Valley Tourism Association in 2021 and hopes to leverage her marketing insights to provide more avenues for tourism operators in the area to discuss, share and learn. Now, you've uh, had a session already today at the conference. How did it go? Yeah, it was a really great session. Lots of people were there and eager to learn. So that's always a good sign when I see them scribbling lots of notes. So it makes me very happy that they're hopefully learning something. Fantastic. And it was on how to design effectively on Canva. And for those listeners who are still designing on Microsoft PowerPoint like I am, what is Canva? So Canva is a design tool that is cloud-based. If you're designing on something like Microsoft, stop right now because this will pretty much change your life. It is so easy to use. It's a drag and drop system. Um, So there's no having to try and do something that you just can't do and you want to throw your computer most days if you're doing it on other programs. So really easy to use design tool that allows you to create basically anything and everything from a design perspective, whether that be social posts, flyers, brochures, might be something for your website, emails to your customers, prospectus documents, you name it, you can do it on Canva. And you said it was cloud-based. For listeners who don't exactly understand what that means, uh, Microsoft PowerPoint, you've got to have an application on your laptop on your computer, whereas cloud-based is just a website. Is that right? Is that, is that an accurate That <laughs> is a very accurate summary. So it means that it's all saved on your login, login details on the cloud. So you just sign into your Canva account yep. and then you can start creating your designs. There is also an app for Canva so you can download it on your phone and make your designs anywhere on the go. Cost? 
It is free if you want the basic package. However, I do recommend upgrading to the pro version. So that's $164.99 per year per user. Um, and that allows you to access every single feature that is available on Canva. And if you are new to the platform, I do recommend just starting out on the free to get a bit of a feel for the platform, but then move across to the paid version when you are ready and going to start use it more productively within your business. I'm becoming very conscious of how much this is sounding like a Canva ad uh, already, but, you know, indeed, your uh, your talk is about Canva and it's what we're here to discuss today. Um, the story of Canva, that's a pretty cool story, isn't it? It's a, it's a yeah. young Australian tech so entrepreneur. So an Australian from Perth started yep. it in 2013. In fact, she launched it with two other people. Um, so she was a graphic designer. She was fed up of seeing clients come through to her agency for really simple, basic things that she felt people should be able to do at home um, on their own computers instead of paying thousands of dollars to a marketing agency. Um, so she went away and started developing Canva so people could make these changes at home. Really easily. Yeah. And now I think they've got team members here in Tasmania and all. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. Growing. Mm -hmm. So why is it in a nutshell better than other platforms? Because there are a lot of sort of design platforms out there. And we talked about Microsoft PowerPoint, which is my (laughs) go-to and has been uh, since I was a boy. (laughs) But uh, yeah, what, what, what is it about Canva that makes it so special? I think the thing that makes it really special is it is genuinely easy to use. So for myself, I'm not a graphic designer. I cannot use InDesign or Illustrate or Photoshop to save myself. It's just the layers confuse me. I don't know what I'm actually pressing. And in the end, I just make something that looks really silly. Um, So for me, Canva is great because it is a drag and drop system. So it's super easy to navigate. Canva have loads of resources available on their website. So if I'm ever feeling stuck, I can watch a video and quite easily see how quickly I can make something look really great on Canva. I also love the fact that they make it even easier by setting up templates on the different, I guess, sizes that I need for whatever it is I'm trying to produce so that it's really easy for me to know that that's a base that I can use if I've got no design skill whatsoever. Yep. Yeah. So we were speaking earlier and you said that some of the people in the workshop were interested to understand where they could be using it. And so you've just talked about the different sizes of things depending on what it is you want to do. I think it's worth actually going through what are the things you can produce with it? Are we talking, you know, birthday cards? Uh, are we talking purely online stuff? What's 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 the... Yeah. Where, where, where are the applications? So you could do anything you really wanted to. So if you wanted to create a social media tile, whether that be for Facebook, Instagram, stories, that's probably one of my favourites. Sometimes we get photos and they never look quite right when we share them to stories. So we can go to Canva and resize it so it's in the correct portrait style that it's meant to be in. And they've got the, all those ratios presets so that we don't have to worry about choosing the correct size. They've got those presets already available there. You can create events, flyers, it could be invitations, It may be that you want to do your menu, email signature, um, business cards. You can even design your logo on Canva if you really wanted to. I guess there's just endless possibilities in terms of that design. So basically anything that you could make from a design output perspective, you can make in Canva. Yep. Okay, great. So I understand in the workshop that you didn't just talk about Canva uh, as as a platform, but also about how uh, people might go about designing some sort of general design principles, no matter what you're using. What sort of things did you discuss around that? Yeah, great question. So I think my number one tip that I really wanted to share today was around font frenzy is what I refer to it. So making sure we're sticking to my rule is no more than two, but no more than three in total um, when it comes to a 
to using fonts on your designs because otherwise it can be really distracting on the eye and people don't know where to look. Um, also, same with colours. I always recommend no more than three, but that doesn't include black and white colours, um, just to make sure that it really pops um, on that page and people can clearly see what it is that you're wanting them to see. We also spoke around the use of negative space or white spaces, it's also commonly known, um, and how important that can be on a design because when it comes to white space, that can help the reader easily see um, in the format of those headings where it is that they're actually wanting the information to be read. And I think another important tip that I shared this morning was around what's that hierarchy of content that you want people to know. So make sure you map out that hierarchy before you start designing so you understand what headings need to be larger than others and what other information is possibly still important but not as important as others so it could be in a smaller font. Right. Wow. So that stuff, I'm just going to run back through those because that's this sounds, and having done a little bit of this myself, again, Microsoft PowerPoint, I'm definitely going to Canva. Fonts, not too many fonts, gets a bit messy in the eye. Colours, not too many colours, keep the palette simple. White space, the use of white space to almost direct people to where the uh, action is and, and use it strategically. It's fair to say, and maybe this is a butchering sort of a summary, but it's like a, it's a bit of a less is more approach. A hundred percent. I am always a big believer that less is always best when it comes to design. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Great. So Canva feels like quite a specific topic to be um, presenting on here at the conference, to present on a platform. It suggests to me that you see this as a big opportunity for industry operators. Why is good design, be it on Canva or otherwise, let's say, important for tourism businesses? I think it's really important in this industry because everything is so visual and that's how we can entice customers to come to our accommodation, to come to our tour, to come to our restaurant. So if we're not producing things that are visually appealing, how are we going to attract them in the first place or how are we, when they are there, going to make sure that that experience, um, I guess, looks good as well as the actual feeling that's created whilst they're there. So it's a nice way, I guess, to bring all of those elements together to ensure we're really delivering a high-class quality experience. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the time when I see some design elements, it reminds me of back in the day when Microsoft Office existed with WordArt and you see these things printed out saying, leave me a review in WordArt. And they don't look great. I might look at that and think, oh, actually, I don't want to leave a review because that doesn't look attractive. So it's about making sure that everything that we produce looks a certain way and yep. feels the same as what our experience has to offer so that we can then entice people to actually leave a review like yep. in that example. So if it was nicely done on Canva and it was enticing, I'm more likely to see that and think, okay, I'm going to scan the QR code and leave a review for you. Yep. You're, you're working with tourism businesses around the state. Obviously, King Thing Marketing has been a mainstay in tourism for a long time and Beck and Rob have got a, quite a legacy they're leaving in, uh, in this space. When you are uh, working with these various operators around the state, uh, are you seeing that, without uh, being too pointed, that poor design or, or maybe misplaced or, you know, there's a lot of room for improvement in design? Is that Would that be a fair...? That would be a very fair assumption. I think a lot of the time we're not quite sure what we need to be doing on yep. tools like even Canva and so sometimes we rush things or we don't really think about does that actually look good? Is that something that would stop me scrolling mm -hmm. um, when I'm on my Facebook or Instagram feed? Um, so I find that a lot of the time when we're producing things, they're not to the quality that we know that people could actually produce if they were utilising um, different tools or taking their time to actually learn how to use those tools more effectively. Yep. And what other areas do you think uh, tourism operators need to be uh, focused on? The ones that you're speaking to, I mean, we're now seeing the emergence of AI, um, 
social media? I mean, are people now savvy in social media? That's kind of yesterday's news or are you finding you're still doing a lot of coaching around that stuff as well? Yeah, no, definitely still doing a lot of coaching around social media. Most of us, it changes daily and so we can't keep up with all of those changes. And for Mm. me, I'm working so closely with it that I do get to learn about those changes. But I can understand from the business's perspective that they could jump on the platform one day and then go back on the next week and it'd be entirely different. So I find for us, we're a way for them to come and have a chat with us and actually say, well, what has changed? What do I need to know in order to improve my social channels? Um, Because that is one of the most important tools when it comes to being a business in today's day and age. And I do find that a lot of us don't utilize it the best way to actually attract customers to come and visit us. Sure. So is a lot of the work you're doing with training on Canva for the purpose of social media content? Majority of the time, yes. So it's more about creating a social tile for social media. So for example, you might create one that's sharing a testimonial, a review from a customer, or potentially you're using it as a starting slide to share some educational tips around your product or service. Yeah, sure. Um, So you might use it as like a cover photo um, for that to create consistency on your feed and be in your own branding, um, which is another feature of Canva that I didn't mention before, but you can add all of your own branding to the platform so that you can then make sure the colours and the fonts are consistent and in line with the style guide that you have had produced. So it just creates that better consistency. So then when you do make that social tile, it all aligns. And so when people see it visually from afar, it looks really good and might be appealing to them because of that reason. Yep. And that brings to light an interesting thought I had a moment ago, actually. We talk about kind of a business's brand. Uh, someone might have a great brand and, you know, uh, it might manifest as a great logo that they've got and uh, all of the stuff that people see before they arrive is the great logo and maybe even some well-thought-out social media stuff and then they arrive on property but they've got word art, leave us a review and they've got all these inconsistent different... So, so we, we talked before about in one piece of, of artwork, less is more, but it kind of goes across artwork as well, doesn't it? And across the different formats around the property, you really want to try and maintain consistency across your experience. Yeah, definitely. Consistency is always key. It also helps people recognise your brand. So if they see one piece, maybe it's a social post, maybe it's a flyer, they can straight away without even sometimes even seeing the logo, know that that's your business, know that's your brand and want to engage with it because they've had a really positive experience in the past. So it can be really good from, a, I guess, a brand strengthening exercise as well. Yep. What do you find when you're doing the Canva stuff specifically? What what is the main uh, light bulb moment you think people are walking away with? I think more so that the power of what's actually in the application itself. So this morning, people didn't know that you could take a background out of an image. They didn't know AI had been introduced to the platform or that stock images are available on there. There's just so many different things that it can do. Mm. And it's about really exploring the platform to use it to its full capabilities. Um, And I think that really was amazing for some people to hear this morning that they could do some of these things that they may have been using other tools for previously before even then going on to Canva. So finding out that they could actually do it all in the one app. They're like, yep. oh, wow, you've just saved me so much time. Yeah, well, and money presumably because, again, as you say, people are going to get uh, different designers. I'm not trying to put designers out of work here, but uh, I think the point is if the decision is get a designer or don't do it at all, there is a middle ground here that you can go and do it on Canva yourself. Exactly right. Mm. And so, look, there's always going to be a place for designers. There's some things that just you can't get the same look and feel on Canva. Yeah, yeah. You can get very close, but yeah. it's not going to be quite the same. But it is a really good, I guess, middle ground for those people that might not have the funding or have the if you've got the ability to design something, you may as well have a go on Canva first to see if you can do it. Yep. Um, because you can save yourself a lot of money. No doubt. 
Now, please feed my growing interest here. AI on Canva. What's how? What? What? what what's that look like? So it's very, very new to Canva. So it is in the early stages, but basically it's called Magic Edit. And what it does is if you've got a photo of, say, for example, a teapot, you can then type in on that teapot that you want the teapot to sprout flowers in the description. It will then make that image sprout flowers. And you can choose if you want to have it animated as a GIF or if you want it to be a standalone image. Get out. <laughs> I um, Yeah, I couldn't believe it when it came out. It's very, very clever. So I'll be Still very so interested. New to too, see, yeah, it? Like, yeah, I'll be so interested to see where it goes because it really is only touching the surface at the moment. Yep. But it, yeah, it's definitely going to grow exponentially over the next few months or weeks, probably knowing yeah, how yeah, fast yeah, this yeah, space yeah. changes. Days. Yeah, you'll be done by the Savo. <laughs> what's, what's the piece of advice for those that weren't able to get to your session today or that haven't had the chance to engage with, with King Thing Marketing? or other businesses like it to get some advice on this stuff, what is something immediately that uh, listeners to this can go and do, uh, presumably just get on Canva and have a play? I think definitely just jump on there, have a play, even browse the different templates that they have available. So if you have a particular theme of an event that you're hosting or maybe you want to do a seasonal post, just look up the different themes on Canva and you'll be really pleasantly surprised how much of a basis is already there for you to start playing with um, so that you don't even have to do the hard yards of actually designing it. You can just change the text to be what you need it to be. Yeah, great. Okay, fantastic. And one takeaway that I would have from this would be to go into a bit of an audit of your of your business and your your property or your experience or whatever it is, whatever it is, and see uh, how many different fonts you're using and different colours you're using, and see if there's any way you can create a bit of consistency across them. Please do. I'd be very very happy. It's a good little start. Fantastic. Well, of course, as you know, all of that is um, uh, only a preamble to what is the main event of this podcast, which is the big seven questions. This is what people are waiting for. Uh, it's what they expect to hear, and that's why we're going to give it to them. So, question one. Favourite spot in Tasmania and why? I love the beach. So Binalong Bay Beach is my absolute favourite spot to just sit there. I could sit there all day, read a book, go for a swim. Even on a rainy day, it's just so beautiful and magical. The water is so blue. There's nowhere else like it in this world. God, I agree with that. I'm back up there in September. I love it. Favourite travel destination anywhere in the world? So I'm going to pick Queenstown, New Zealand, purely for the fact that I went there recently and I loved the onsen hot pools and just being able to be in the spa and then overlook those scenic views. There's nothing like it that I've ever experienced in this world. It was truly remarkable. Did you do anything crazy while you were there? Jump out of anything or off anything? No, No. a bit of a scaredy cat, so no. (laughs) The views did the trick. Terrific. Someone's coming to Tasmania for the very first time in their lives, idiots, uh, and asks you what's the one thing they absolutely must experience while they're here? What do you tell them? So I'm a wine lover. So I would 100% be like, you need to go to one of our wineries. Our wine is totally different to any other wine in the world. Um, You need to go and try our sparkling, our Chardonnay and our Pinot Noir. It's world-class. And go to the ones that are really bespoke and not sold in your generic stores. So you can truly experience the authenticity of the wine and the handcraftedness that goes behind it. Okay, so let's go just a little bit deeper on that. Which one? Pick a pick a favourite child. I don't know if I can do that. That'd be really upset <laughs> if I pick just one. Clients? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <Yeah. laughs> sure. Okay. Let's just leave it at uh, Tassie Pinot, Shardy, or uh, Sparkling. And there are some rippers. You're walking the Overland Track for five days uh, with three other people. Anyone in the world? 
famous, not so famous, living or dead, who and why? So I take Zoe Foster Blake. Great. Just because I'd want some humour and I also would love to pick her brains. Yep. Yeah. Uh, does Hamish get a get a Guernsey? Well, or? that'd be pretty good too if he came okay. along. I'd be very entertained for the whole trip. Good one. And if he wants to whip up a cake while he's there, I'd be <laughs> <Yeah>. quite happy. <laughs> he might not be too crash at walking the next day if he's getting into some of that. Uh, is there a third or are you just going to go with the Blakes? Just Foster the Blakes. Blakes. Lovely. Uh, you're road tripping around Tasmania. What are you listening to in the car? This is very tragic and going to show my younger age, <laughs> but it definitely would have to be Taylor Swift. No, nah, I reckon... Uh, I reckon an honest answer from 90% of people at the moment would be uh, Taylor Swift. And I've got to say, my five-year-old daughter doesn't let us listen to anything else. So uh, <laughs> uh, it's the same in our car. And when you arrive at your destination, what's your tipple of choice? You've perhaps already touched on this and maybe I'm going to tighten the screws here again and say, which one? It's actually gin. Okay. Um, so I do love <laughs> Good wine. Good dodge. <laughs> do love wine, but I am a big gin girl. So okay. I do love a good gin and tonic or gin and soda. Okay. Good one. And the last one, the big one. Curried Tasmanian scallops, are they a culinary delight or are they a culinary crime? They're a culinary crime, but I'm a bit like I can't really say that I like them because I'm allergic to scallops. So, uh, Look, it's subjective this. You can get whatever answer <laughs> you like and if it's going give, <laughs> to give you an allergic reaction, let's call it a crime. So uh, that's, there you have it. Thank you so much. Uh, I feel like there's a lot more we could dive into on on Canva, the world of Canva, the evolving, uh, fast evolving world of Canva. So uh, yeah, again, everyone should jump on board, have a play with it and, um, and reach out to you guys if they want some more advice, presumably. Yes, that would be fantastic. And thank you for having me. No worries at all. And thank you for listening to today's episode of Talking Tourism. Remember to subscribe to hear more episodes as we release them every two weeks or so. Also remember to tell a friend or tourism colleague to check out our podcasts. Talking Tourism is an initiative of Tourism Industry Council Tasmania and today's episode was brought to you with the support of our partner, the Department of State Growth. A big thanks also to Caleb Miller at Mac40, our audio specialist who produces these episodes. I'm your host, Tom Wooden, and we'll catch up next time.